Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I'm your host. Uh, I'm joined by two of my friends because one of them's decided to uh, not pay his internet bill, and uh, he's uh, he's trying to he's trying to resolve that problem right now. Uh, I've left mine downstairs. You know that, Trevor. I've left mine downstairs. Um, we were talking about I I wore a peak cap. I've not wore a peak cap ever before, and I, I wore a peak cap for the for the first time. Um, uh, uh, on Saturday, and I quite liked it. I thought it was quite. I thought it was quite good. And uh, we were saying, are we like Ashburton Dad's Army? Are we've we've come. Oh, that's to where the it came from. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've come to the conclusion that it's Dadsburton Army, isn't it? Is is that how it goes? Uh, I like that Dad? word. I don't know. I'm thinking I'll get Burton Army for you lot, but never mind. <laughs> Trevor, looking very dapper there with your peak cap on. You just need to get your North London Forever badge on the on the side there as well. Yeah. I'm very happy with this cap. I think it might be paying a visit to Aston Villa on Saturday, and it may even come to Eindhoven, to be honest. Ooh, it might indeed. Uh, Dan, good to see you, mate. Uh, problems with your internet, I see. Yeah, I've got the internet from the same place you got all your pictures, to be honest, mate. That's why it's all a bit dodgy. Yeah, no, it's a bit, uh, to be honest, after your comments last week, you, you did me up good and proper. Trevor's got all his, well, he's got Donna to put them up for him. All his uh, pictures are all up nice and neat behind him. Mine are wobbling every time I open the door. So I went out and I bought a lot of Velcro to level. I, I haven't sorted them out yet because I, I work, unlike him. He's like semi-retired. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's quite easy for him to have time to do that. And he's got Donna, he'll do it for him as well. So, uh, Alex... Are you okay? I don't want to say anything incriminating that your former employer can say. <laughs> Careful. <clears throat> yeah, all good, mate. Um, just just uh, had an email yesterday saying that I've got my tickets for, for the Euros um, next summer. So, buzzing for that, I'll be watching um, England, Denmark as well. So, that's yeah, going to be good. The question is, will you have a half-and-half half scarf? I think I might need to get, get uh, both T-shirts on and then... But uh, stay, stick with the one that wins after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sunshine supporter. <laughs> <laughs> so I just probably, if I were you, I'd probably just wear the England shirt then, because it's yeah. Uh, I mean, they'll probably win. There was that, was that Fergus actually supporting England there that I heard? Was it you actually? Uh, I, I pay my taxes. I pay my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the uh, we got some Scottish fans. We got. We, we, yeah. Yeah, we got some. Oh, excuse me, um, we got some Scottish people in there as well. Hopefully, Scotland get out there as well, and okay. and the Welsh. The more the more teams, the home nation teams that we got out there, the more teams that we have people involved in, the better. Um, Alex, but, tell yeah. you what, sorry, Fed. sorry, Fed. Alex, I'll tell you what, mate. If you've never experienced a Scottish invasion before, you don't know what you've got coming, mate. I tell you, them lads like to travel and they like a beer. Lads and lashes, I might say, them Scottish yeah. lads and lashes do like a beer. And they I thought the Geordies were loud. Apparently, the Scottish, they're worse. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's before we before we go on, we should take a moment to pass on our condolences to uh, um, the, the 
Wilson family. Uh, sadly, uh, Meg Wilson, uh, Bob Wilson's wife, passed away uh, last week. Um, and they founded the Willow Foundation after they tragically lost their daughter, aged 31, uh, to an illness. Um, they did try and do something in the ground, Dan, and it, it just went a little bit awkward. I think they got the picture up wrong, and then it wasn't it? Yeah, they could have done it better, which was a shame because, um, yeah, one for, for Bob himself, but also for his wife and, and, and what she's done. So, a bit of a shame, um, but everyone's been celebrating and, and, you know, nice comments in on things like Twitter and things like that. So, um, yeah, obviously condolences to family. It's not a nice not a nice time. And I guess good to see Bob at the at the stadium as well. He was yeah, clearly touched, him, him and his son. You can see they were focusing, you can see on the telly they were, focusing on him and his son and they were clearly touched when they displayed the picture and read out the message as well. Yeah, I must admit, if I was in that position, I don't know if I'd been able to go to a football game. I would have found it very no. difficult. So yeah. my, 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 hat, my hat goes off to him and his son and, and, and Arsenal and the Arsenal family around him. I think it's fantastic. Trevor, do you have any words on, on uh, the Wilsons? Nothing much to add to what you boys said, really. Just that Bob Wilson's a lovely, lovely man, and they're, they're a lovely, lovely family. And uh, it's so sad that it happened. And I, I got the impression that the uh, the moment's appreciation for Mrs. Wilson was a bit mixed up at the Arsenal. But what I can say, without doubt, is that there wasn't there wouldn't have been one Arsenal fan in that stadium that wouldn't want to show their appreciation to a, to a lovely their their appreciation for the life of a lovely lady from a lovely family. So. Yeah, God bless Bob Wilson, and uh, it was good to see him there, even in those circumstances. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, guys, uh, we played Champions League football in the week. Um, uh, we had Lons uh, in in the stadium. It was a freezing cold night, um, and they they, they used a lot of flair, a lot of flares, and uh, everything else. Will you shush? again. Listen, uh, the the Lons fans came in. They made a lot of noise. Them, they made. We will talk about them throughout the game. Um, but the one thing I didn't like about uh, what happened was was this with their flares. I'm I'm all for a bit of pyro and atmosphere. Uh, I think I love it. A little bit of smoke and stuff going off in the stadium, but um, this was absolutely disgusting. Uh, Dan, you could hear the groan of everybody, and we were we were we were the opposite corner, but it, it human. I was absolutely human. As I said, I, I've got no issue with pyros. I just thought that was bang out of order. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when when will the club? do to other fans what other fans other clubs do to us as fans stick them behind some netting stick them behind some plastic housing if they have to whatever they have to do just it's, it's not right like the way we get treated abroad and generally I don't think we're anywhere near as bad as Arsenal fans as, as what some of the fans are that come into London and you know the, the Brits abroad get a, get a bad name there are some idiots as, as there are I think with anyone but to, and, and to be honest with you I'm a little bit I blame the stewards at Arsenal a little bit as well. I think they need to do a better job of making sure that people can't get in with that. You know, we, we genuinely, we do have a few that get in, in the home ends, but not to that level. Um, they, they need better security for the, for the away fans because it, it really isn't far 
off i think something happening in a stadium that's that's really really bad still whether it's home or away and flares or something else so it's it's not great as a fan to know security is that poor it's not and trevor as as dan rightly said you know we'll go to eindhoven or you're going to eindhoven uh with the three of uh, well some of the danish guys as well are going as well and there is netting and you are stuck up in the in the gods and they do try and prevent that it's just uh, Dan's got a point. Do, should they bring in temporary netting for, for European games? Well, you'll find that we'll have some laws in this country to do with health and safety or people's freedom to move or some stupid law in the world we live in nowadays that probably says we can't do it. And our police would certainly be... Well, we saw it at an international, didn't we? Was it last year or the year before when the, when the, the police backed off from some overseas supporters? Um and so I'm afraid that's what it is here. They know they can get away with it. And if these people know they can get away with these things, then they do them. And there could have been a seriously injured, seriously injured person the other night, couldn't they? You know, I think it's Dan's absolutely right. It's a definite retraining requirement for the stewards that are meant to be doing the searches. But you can imagine them under the pressure they are when they do the searches, you know. So maybe there's a, a massive, massive problem that's not going to be solved until we start treating overseas supporters to this country the same as we're treated in most if most other countries in Europe. You know, we, we're treated like second-class citizens in Europe. We're herded like cattle. We, 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 we're locked in, in pig pens, for want of a better phrase, at these games. We're not allowed to leave the game after for at least, uh, most times, for an hour, two hours even, more even, you know, and... It, unless we start doing some of that to the overseas fans coming here, then nothing will change. I'm afraid nothing will change. It's sad. It was a sad night at the Emirates when that when that happened, but it's it happens all too often at these games. They're not policed properly. These overseas fans. Interesting enough, Alex, your uh, university thesis was on uh, atmosphere and 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 this sort of tribal behaviour that there is, um, and the issue seems to be more with European sides and and and. The, I don't want like to use the hooligan, but definitely the ultra um, sort of culture uh, is very, very much more evident in and across Europe. And it just seems that we seem to, as um, Trevor said, seem to tolerate a bit, a bit more. You've got you've got huge issues in in Copenhagen, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Um, I mean, we haven't had uh, away fans allowed for years now um, between Bronby and Copenhagen, which is the main derby in in, in Denmark. Um, it's only I think the last game they were allowed to have away fans because the clashes outside uh, between the fans is just um, crazy. And the the amount of resources the police have to use uh, just for a football game is just um, ridiculous. Uh, but I think in England, you've you've done well in sort of like collective punishment or sorry, um, in, individual punishment. I think um, in Denmark, we've struggled to do that. They've just collectively punished all the fans um which has resulted in fans getting even more angry with the authorities uh police and um yeah but um but i think england has done well in in slamming down hard on on individuals uh when they manage to to single them out and find them uh, if they're not wearing masks and and so on um but yeah i mean they're not helping this, themselves the the fans the ultras because i mean it looks good and i think a lot of people like what what they do what they bring the atmosphere but um, they certainly don't help themselves when they start chucking uh, flares around. 
because um, I mean, then we'll just see what and feel more of the consequences that the the clubs around will impose on European away games. Well, maybe UEFA should take more action. Like Alal just put up in the in the chat a few minutes ago. You know, if you if your team was going to get. Uh, docked points in in a group or kicked out of a competition because of it. And to be honest, as Trevor alluded to and and, and said, you know, that, that could have caused a serious injury. Somebody sitting where they chucked it into as well was clubs. So somebody's going to be sitting yeah. there. They're not going to be jumping around. It's, it's going to have landed virtually on somebody's lap. There's something has to be done. Um, let's look I at the game. It's, it's good what the police did, I think, for Villa and Legia Warsaw. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but yeah, they literally didn't let the fans into the stadium in the end. And, and I think we need to be stronger with UK police and, and things like that, which which we're not. You know, we're, we're we're too soft at times, I think, as as a as a nation with police. And you go anywhere abroad and they're so much more regimented in their searches and, and segregating people in sections before you get into the ground and and yeah, you know, the UK's done a very, very good job in the last 20, 30 years of of getting rid of groups of, of hooligans that cause trouble and making it a, a more of a family sport to be able to attend. And that goes to the away end. You know, we need to be able to do that there. And if, if that doesn't happen, we need to be a bit harder, I think. Yeah, so well, we just have to remember when we went to Lons, how, how, how the, 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 the club, as well as the police, treated us, which wasn't great. Trev, final final point on this one yeah yeah I, i'm just screwing what dan says you see the police in a lot of these overseas countries we go to visit spain and italy in particular um they're free to do their job and they can go as heavy-handed as they want with with no fear whatsoever of any backlash from people whereas the police here i honestly think the police are getting a bit scared to police here because of the repercussions I'm not saying that's wrong. In some instances, it may be right, but it's not right in every situation. Um, and, and what Dan mentioned in Lons was a prime example. Police led you boys up a street that they knew was um, full of rival fans because they, they were possibly, I'm not saying definitely, they were possibly hoping that something would break out so that they could get very heavy-handed with the English fans and blame the English fans as, as, as often happens. And I will say it, and I'll, and I'll stand by it. One thing I will say, and I will stand by it, right? England fans abroad are not as bad as people, as they're made out to be. They're not perfect, not by a long, long way are they perfect. But they're led up a garden path in a lot of instances, and the moment they retaliate is when people start filming and when people start taking pictures. So I'm not saying England fans are perfect, or English fans abroad are perfect. But we're not as bad as the picture painted. I can tell you that for definite, having been going away for a good few years, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I've witnessed now myself over the last few years that I've been gone away. Yeah, a few people are a bit, you know, had a few extra extra beers and have had a long day on it and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you will get the odd idiot, as you will do at the Emirates. You know, you're, you're always going to get, you're always going to get somebody or another. But, yeah, I think in the main... Um, one, the way the police work with with the fans as well. We've met like the police liaison officer uh, that comes around with Arsenal, very amenable guy, uh, has our best interests in heart at heart, uh, as we found out in in Eindhoven last year, Dan, um, and even saw us the following day and said, "Is everything all right? Everything good? Okay." And we've bumped into him several other places around the country, and he's always said hello and, and, and be nice, you know. So, yeah. Which is really good. Let, let, let's let's talk about the game. So the lineup we had, uh, we had Ray and goal, um, back in goal. We had Tommy Asu, Saliba, G Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Saka, Martelli, and Jesus. I think Dan, you said um, that that probably 
probably was the best starting lineup that we can field with the discussion maybe around whether you have um, uh, Tommy Asu, Zinchenko or Rayan Ramsdale. Yeah, I think if you're looking at players that are fit and available, that for me is our best starting lineup at the moment on on form and ability. Um, I do think when everyone is fit, and I know we probably all disagree a little bit on Partey, but I think Partey is a class above any other midfielder in the in the Premier League when he's fit and on on his game. So I think he slots in there for me um, when he's fit. Other than that. Um, Tommy Asu has been an absolute revelation, I think, this season. So, for me, he definitely gets in that starting lineup. And it's probably a case of, do you stick with Zinchenko or or Ben White, who's also been, I think, a lot better than most expected, um, certainly myself. I think since we've signed him in that right-back role, he's been fantastic. So, um, very, very close. And, and yeah, I'm not going to get into the goalkeeping situation. Yeah, I think we've done that one to death. Um, yeah. Alex, uh, looking at uh, Lons, they were very, very poor, but that is doesn't take away from how very, very good Arsenal were, particularly in that first half. They shipped four goals in 27 minutes, and then finally Odegaard finished off the half um, with a, a late uh, fifth. So we're 5-0 up with five different goal scorers, Havertz, Jesus, Saka, Martinelli and Odegaard. Stunning performance. Absolutely, you know... You know that you know when everyone was saying Arsenal haven't really come out of second gear yet. I think the clutch was depressed, hand was on the lever, and they were just slipping it into third uh, on 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 Wednesday. What did you think? Yeah, it was. I, I felt like that was the first time we really. I mean, you could argue we did it against PSV as well, but that first half that was the best I think we've seen um, the Arsenal play this season. Um, it was free-flowing football. We had loads of space, and we just um, took every single chance that we that we created for ourselves. Um, and I think we struggled uh, to score early this season. We did it quite well last season, but this season we haven't really done it, and that's why games have sort of stalled out a bit and become quite tight. Um, but when you score early, it just opens up the game um, and gives us the the amount of space that we need. Um, and with Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard behind them, um, threading through the passes, it was just um, beautiful to watch. And another important goal for Havertz, um, the, the goal against Brentford was certainly important. And then to open the scoring, um, another one. Uh, it's just it's brilliant to see him with uh, playing with confidence. I, th- I thought he, he oozed confidence in that game. Um, and hopefully he can just keep building on from that. Mm, Trevor, we, we we mentioned on last week that um, and the week before about European football suiting Kyle Havertz uh, a little bit more, and he did he did look far far more comfortable, and he, he's really easing into the side. And I think I think that we saw him a couple of times a few games ago where you just got oh you just you just wanted something to come good for him, and mm. it, he now just seems to have relaxed and he's got that monkey off his back. Yeah, he did. He, he is the kind of player where you just feel for him, don't you? And you want him to. To do well, you just look at him. You think, "Come on, son, do well." And I'm, I'm so pleased you scored a couple of goals. And let's hope, as we've said before many times, it keeps in his way. Um, I just, I just, I knew we'd beat Lons. It sounds big headed, but I knew we'd beat Lons before we kicked off. Having seen Lons play previously, I thought to myself, "They're not going to perform at the Emirates. They're not going to want to play at the Emirates if the crowd's up." And it was clear within the first five minutes. Which I actually had. 
a fiver on us to win five nil, and I cashed it out when we were at four nil because I knew we'd get more than five. So it was it was a great European performance. I want to see these performances in Europe because I want us to go real deep into this Champions League. I, I, I'd love us to to see us in the final, you know, at Wembley. And it sounds like I'm I'm hoping too much here, but someone's got to be there, you know. And on our day, we we're very very capable and. I was very pleased with the performance in London. I'm very performance pleased with the performance in the group as a whole. You know, we went to Lons and we buckled a bit under the pressure, more from the crowd than the football team, I think, in Lons. Yeah. You know, the crowd were, were very, very... They'd have come as a shock to some of our younger players. But, you know, and I think that beat us in Lons and that. But now they're used to it. A wonderful performance in Seville. A great performance at home against Lons. Now we can relax against Eindhoven and away and have a good trip and... Look forward to the knockout stages. I'm very happy with where we are in Europe. I really am. Yeah, to be honest, I was talking to Mem, a friend of the show, and uh, earlier in the week, and I'm saying, you know, where we're performing in Europe at the moment, and you do need some luck uh, in the draw. If we get a good draw, topping the group, there's no reason why we can't go quarterfinal, semifinal, or, you know, even to the finals. Dan, do you, can you see this Arsenal, even before we even talked about adding maybe an Ivan Tony or whatever in January. Can you see the way we're playing now? We've got an easy group. I get that. Um, can you see us going on? I'm shocked that we're having this debate because we're winning the double this year. Premier League, Champions okay. League double. So I can't see it any other way at the minute. I think we're barely out of second gear as a club. Honestly, I'm, I'm so happy with how we are as a club at the minute because I think we've got so many levels. And, and even what you boys are saying about how good we were against Lons. Honestly, I don't think we're out of third gear, as we said. We've got so many levels to go, and that was in a fantastic performance. And I think the, um, the fan base just needs to get back behind. I, I know most of them are behind us. It's, it's probably not fair to say the fan base are not behind the club, because they definitely are. But um, a lot of the noise we're hearing in the background from a small percentage, I think, just needs to stop, because it's not warranted with how good we are and how far we're going to go this year, I think. I don't listen, I don't listen to them anywhere, Dan. Dan, at halftime, we want... No, I've not heard much. At, at halftime, we, we saw the team come out. We we thawed out inside and, and came back out. And we saw that there was a couple of substitutions. And the substitutions were um, were White and Kivior for Tommy and Zinchenko. Um, I would have probably preferred if we'd gone Saka and maybe Jesus. Because, uh, uh, you know, 5-0 up. There's the, the game's done, isn't it? Every everybody was ready to go home, especially with the temperature. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think um, we with hindsight would have probably said the same thing, right? But I guess what I said to you at that time was my thought process was it's about building fluidity in the attack because our defense has been fantastic recently. Yeah, and realistically, that defense is going to be starting most games, so the guys on the edges probably won't get too much game time in the Premier League and the Champions League. So to give them a bit of game time is good for the squad. Also, hopefully, would have meant at halftime that a few of the attacking guys would have got more goals. I know it didn't end up that way, but I also think we massively dropped off in the second half, and we just the intensity. It was like a training ground, um, training game because we we knew how the game was done. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not too unhappy. Like some of them got a rest. I think they're all they came back the game after and a fantastic start. So I don't think at this stage we can be talking about fatigue. I think they're Premier League footballers that at the top level, should be more than capable of playing the games they've had so far this season. 
Well, when you look at the Wolves game, we're, and now we've got Luton tomorrow night, uh, you're looking at, um, well, we've already played three games in six days, uh, and then we're going to play uh, Luton, so we'll have played four games in under 10 days. It's it's it's, it's quite a lot. Trevor, uh, we had Nelson, uh, Jorginho and Eddie come on for Saka, Rice and Jesus. Again, good to see them getting some... Um, some minutes on the pitch. Eddie was given an opportunity, but a clean through by by Odegaard and fluffed his lines. Is this guy right? Okay, and and again, let's do it with a bit of respect. The guys playing in the Champions League, the guys playing at an elite top level club at Arsenal Football Club. Um, you know, there's talk about on some some news networks saying that we possibly could be selling him in January to buy some better attacking players. <laughs> Would you say I'm? I'm trying not to slag the guy. Is he good enough? Why did you have to ask me that? There's four people in this room. Because I on. haven't spoken to you for a minute ago. <laughs> I've always, <laughs> said, I've always said, Ferg, haven't I, that I want to see more from Eddie. You know, and uh, he's still not shown me it yet. You know, I, I, I still know. I, I think we've. I, I think about Eddie. Bearing in mind the other players we've got around Eddie, yeah, and. If 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 Eddie went, I don't think we'd miss him because I think we've got enough players of the same style and calibre that can put the ball in the net around him. So, I, you know what? You know I hate talking badly about any of our players, mm. Fergus. I, I don't do it. But if you're asked, my opinion is that if we sold Eddie in January, it wouldn't weaken our team. That's the way I okay. feel at the moment. Yeah? That's fair um, yeah, no. That's, that's By the way, while, while we're at it, we talked about Tommy Yasu just now, right? And I, I, I'm just going to sow the seed so you might come back to it in a minute. If Tommy Yasu's out for some considerable amount of time, it's a massive loss. It's an absolutely enormous loss. I don't think he is, though. He's, a, he's, a, he's on a late fitness test for Luton. Um, he took a knock against Wolves. And uh, uh, what did um, Should... I have it somewhere? I mean, hopefully it's nothing to do with his calf, because if it is, then he's had a few issues in his calves, hasn't he, recently? So um, I think any defender, if we have a mid to long-term injury, not even a long-term injury, just a, a mid-injury, I think we'll be in the market for a defender more than a striker at the minute, because the, the Durin Timber injury has put pressure on the squad in terms of rotation. So it wouldn't surprise me if we go in for a defender. Yeah, there is, yeah, there is talk of... Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, so there's a young Dutch lad I, I read in, in in the paper and one of the columns that they're looking at. Um, Seventeen year old uh, played well with Timber in the national team and stuff like that. I don't know, Alex. Um, Jorginho. Quick, heard a rumor of Rob Holding coming back. How do you guys feel about that? I heard. I heard not in a playing I'd, capacity though. I'd be very surprised if he came back as as a well, player. I think he'd have a contract where he could play. So he may not get much game time, but potentially as a squad player was what I've read. I mean, it could be complete rubbish, but. Um, I mean, he's he's not even even playing right now. He's not getting any minutes, is he? Yeah. So I don't see how how he'd get any minutes with us. I don't think he would. I think it's more about what he brings in the dressing room, and then as a player, if he, if you had the last resort that you had to play someone, could he step in? He knows the club. He knows the players. But yeah, I I'm not really one for for going back there. If I'm I, totally yeah, honest. I think it it'd be a, it'd be a weird move move for him as well. Surely he wants to go on and play somewhere. I mean, he's still. Pretty young for a defender. He's got loads of more years left in him. So I mean, I'd I'd be very surprised to see him back uh, back it, at, at Arsenal. It, it's in, our defense is really interesting because 
we've had we've been we've, we've been so short of defense defenders over the previous few years even last season when Saliba got injured it clearly showed you know we started this season really with with a strong and deep looking defensive part of our squad you know with with um timber and and the other lads but we've lost timber and we're still all right and we've we, i think we can get by with if we lose tommy asu we've got white and we can get by but that means we're at the bare bones then and that scares me a little bit you know because lose one more when you're at the bare bones like that and then you really start impacting on your squad so let's hope that i worried about tommy asu when i heard calf because i think that was what he was out with last time wasn't it calf muscle so I worried a bit that it was a reoccurrence of that and that meant a long time out. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully um, Tommy Asu won't play tomorrow, but he'll be back at the weekend because he's been he's been an amazing... I, I can't talk highly enough about Tommy Asu this season. Played wherever he's been asked to play. Not only has he played wherever he's been asked to play, he's played, been, played, been played in all those positions and played really well. You know, he's not just filled in and filled a gap. He's been a help to the squad and the team in any position he's played in. So, fingers crossed for the lad, Tommy Asu. We need him fit. Yeah. Uh, Arteta said in the press conference ahead of the Luton game, uh, we assessed him after the game. He took We took him off as a precaution. We'll have to wait and see um, whether it's useful, uh, whether it's useful for, to use him or not. We will decide tomorrow. He's a strong boy and hopefully he'll be fine. He is he is a strong lad, but as you said, it was the calf he had had issues with. Um, Jorginho uh, closed off that game with a penalty. Uh, we missed the VAR. Um, what did you uh, make of like the VAR decision? It just seemed to... Clear pen. I, I... Clear pen. Yeah, Clear I mean, pen. I think I've, there was two, two things in it. Firstly, he smacked his arm in his head and then the ball hit his arm while his arm was out here. So he he could have given the pen for either. I think so. Yeah, we did. We didn't see it because uh, we had um, uh, two travelling uh, fans behind us. Now you know we talk about. We, we, you know we talk about. Um, we talk about. Uh, can, can I tourists. just say before we say we? I was watching the game. Bergman's <laughs> going bully mode again as he normally does. He is the local <laughs> fire bully. Block I was, five, I was, daddy. Yeah, I was. Be, I've been. I was being inquisitive. So we we've got these two two um, Americans behind us, and they're talking like about NBA and uh, NFL and oh my god, and soccer <laughs> ball is this and soccer ball. I'm sorry for the Americans. I'm not. I'm not taking. If you're a genuine know, football so fan, I, I, we've just I, lost I, ten I, viewers now, folks. <laughs> I've got no. I've got no issue whatsoever. If somebody's a genuine football fan, and even if they're not a, an Arsenal fan and they get a ticket to to watch a game and they appreciate the sport, I have no issue with that either. Like. Dan doesn't really do rugby, but he went to the Rugby World Cup to experience an England game and and, and so on. So I, I, I understand that, but these people didn't have a Scooby. Uh, and uh, I just, um, I, there was a guy getting his ear bent continuously. I spoke to him on Saturday and he said it, it was one of the worst games he left early and he never really leaves early. And um, he... Um, oh, Trevor has gone. And... and, and um, uh, yeah, it's, I, I turned around and asked him, said, uh, you know, out of interest, where do you get your tickets? Oh, we got them from Front Row Sports. I said, all right, uh, how much did you pay for them? 130 bucks. Pounds? Dollars? What was that? 100, 130 pounds. And I thought, it's a 40 pound ticket they paid 130 quid for. Season ticket holders, if you're watching this or listening to this and you are selling your tickets, just be careful when you put them on ticket exchange, especially the timing of it. If you put them on a few days beforehand, they're getting picked up by resellers and that's what's happening to them. Um, because the guys who normally are there 
definitely weren't aware of that happening that night. Um, <clears throat> Trevor's gone. I don't know what where yeah, he is or what he's, he's doing. He's awful, and I must just say, I find myself regularly week in week out next to this Irish bloke, and by God, he does my head in. <laughs> he's yeah, taking your seat, you, hasn't he? He's always he in your seat. Then. He, he squeezes in my seat. He bends my <laughs> ear week in week out. These Irishmen, God, they are terrible. Yeah. Um, we'll just finish up the final thing on the Lons thing. Action needs to be taken against this. Martinelli, when he went in to score, seats and lighters, etc., being thrown at him. Uh, but this is all that the Lons people have to see and watch on the screen when they were held back. Six nil to the Arsenal. Stick that in your French pipe and smoke it. Um, European, what, mate? Fergus today, he's going to Americans. He's going at French, mate. Honestly, Alex, watch yourself, mate. He's going to be on Danish next. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I know what they're like, and I know what word it is as well. So, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, bringing listen, that out today. Uh, European football, uh, we've got to finish top of the group. Uh, let's look at who um, we could possibly face. So, Copenhagen. already qualified. All already qualified, we've got Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, uh, Dortmund, Internationale, uh, Lazio, uh, <laughs> Manchester City, PSV, Eindhoven, um, Real Madrid, Leipzig and uh, uh, Real Sociedad. Sorry, not Real Madrid. I, uh, uh, and um, the ones that are, sorry, the ones in bold are already qualified. Atletico, Dortmund, uh, Inter, Lazio, Sociedad and Leipzig. Trevor, where do you want to go? I don't care. I, I don't fancy Italy because it's too much hassle. I've been to Madrid, Germany or Leipzig. Copenhagen, or mate. No, it's uh, you're too violent in Copenhagen for me. Too violent in Copenhagen. I like a nice easy trip nowadays. So I'd like to avoid Italian teams simply because it's it's not the most pleasant of trips. But anywhere, anywhere other than that, I don't care. Personally, anybody. Personally, I wouldn't mind doing Leipzig. It's not far from Dresden, where my daughter lives, or Copenhagen, uh, because Alex is there and we got free accommodation. And there's going to be sixty people, uh, sixty people <laughs> on his floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dan. Eindhoven, it says here, are already, uh, you know... It, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. Th those in bold... Uh, we can play. I we mean, play. it's good to know, viewers, that yes. uh, Fergus is well-practised on this and he uh, he knows his stuff before he got done it. For those <laughs> listening on audio only, Fergus has just made another cock-up. <laughs> 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 so uh, Saturday, Saturday we, we we braved the freezing temperatures yet again. Um, and... Moving on very quickly, there, mate. Can, can we, can <laughs> no, we no. And just, just what... take this moment in? We, we we own own it. You've made a mistake. It's okay, mate. I'm oh, used to it. I do it every week. Listen, if I didn't do, if I didn't make a mistake, people would think there's an imposter in here. You know, I've got to get a name wrong, or I've got to get <laughs> words wrong, or you know, if I don't make a mistake, it's definitely people there's an imposter in, in the I'll room. I'll tell you what I did love on the on the little video clip we had of the weekend. I won't get too far ahead, but it also captured a little bit of Fergus messing up the words for the other any song, and we've got it on camera, and he's that he's made oh. a world pop up. Oh, <laughs> I did. I did. I did. The, the, you know what the annoying thing was? I got it right on Wednesday night when we were in the stands. I've done it really well. Oh, you got it, it 95% right. right. You still have one line. Not quite. Yeah, right. I have one word. One word. <laughs> one word. Give you a, I'll give yeah. you a B minus. <laughs> um, 
so Wolves, the the Wolves game pre-match atmosphere was much better than the the, the Wednesday night. Um, it seemed a bit more of a normal crowd. Um, but we're uh, and we had Dan back. Dan had his flag on and he was Capo, singing. Dan. Capo was back. Capo was back. Dan, uh, no Dan is always in the building supporting his team, but Dan had created an opportunity for others which they didn't take. So, so you're owning this place, yeah. I just did what others didn't do. Okay. And you know what? You attracted uh, crowds again. Uh, there was myself, yourself, Dale, Oz, uh, all, all, all the usual crowd that are around there. And while we were there, some people will have seen this on YouTube and Twitter uh, and so on. While uh, we were there uh, singing some songs, in the background, I, I spotted out um, a young lady with a with a boy, and her boy was in a wheelchair. He was towards the back of the, the group. And... Um, I, I went around while Dan was singing and I invited him, he asked his mum if he wanted to join us in, in the middle of the circle. And he said, oh, he'd love that, would he? And so we asked him and he came in. Here's a little bit of a clip of the video. I'm not going to put the show the whole video because it's about four or five minutes long. It's on YouTube. If anybody does know the lady, uh, let us know because we'd love to get some photos that we've got to her as well. So here we go. <laughs> And you can see his mum. His mum's the blonde lady just in, um, just there. You can see her. She's really loving it seeing him in there. Um, really good. Really, really lovely uh, experience. Chan was there as well. He took a, a few photographs. There was there's one of me and me and Dan with him. Uh, and then the boys, Oz and, and Dale. That uh, they, they, yeah, yeah he, he got out of his wheelchair. He, he could walk uh, very little, but he could walk. And the boys said, "Was it okay? Can we lift um, lift him up?" And we, we, we lifted him up on that. The boys lifted him up onto his shoulder, and he just looked around and he just loved it. The photographs are fantastic. You know what? I, it came. To, like, would you say a thing that just type of happened organically? But it just shows what has been built around Block Five that. Anybody can come in there, be it the nutty girl that um, was in your face, Dan, the other the other week. Um, not I, all. It's just, welcome. They're not all welcome. <laughs> Most are, but not all. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I, I just think I just think it's nice, uh, Trev. You you sit on the outside looking at it because I know you prefer to sit there and, and have your beer and have a chat. How have, how have you seen it change over the last two or three years? It's been brilliant, hasn't it? Do you know Do you know what, Ferg? It, it brought a tear to many people's eye that video and. Uh, it showed football fans like ourselves in a proper light, in, 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 in a true light. There's just too many people in this world that would, out from outside football, that would look at that group we get singing there and think, oh, damn football fans or damn football hooligans. When the fact is nothing could be further from the truth. Passion is not hooliganism. Passion is support. And showing that lad that support and that friend friendliness was was wonderful. I'm just glad I wasn't there to witness it. Uh, as I say, I'm proud of you boys. I'm proud of the Arsenal fans. Always proud of the Arsenal fans. We're a great family of fans. 
And it's, it's a lesson to everybody that football fans actually really are nice people. We're just passionate about our club. We might swear and we might rant sometimes, but that's passion. Nothing wrong with having mm. passion about something. So I'm proud of you, lads. Really proud of you. It was it was I, cool I, to see. It's quite it's quite funny you talk you said hooligans and stuff like that. I I, I um I showed it to uh, a colleague of mine today and he went, Oh what? He came in with all the hooligans then. And I turned around and said, <laughs> We're not hooligans. We're not hooligans. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, the ultras. And we're not ultras. That's where most of us are all men. We're just enjoying ourselves. It's just brilliant. <laughs> Look, it's gonna it's gonna be a hugely, hugely busy December. We've got Wolves, Lutz, and Aston Villa. Before we move on, um, I don't often say very nice things about you, uh, Ferg, but I, I do think you need one a little bit of a shout out because it was you that went over. So um, definitely great that someone is also looking, spotting, and, and getting people involved. So, but yeah, credit credit to you on that one, mate. It's um, it's a sport for everyone, and and everyone should feel like they can get involved. And just seeing the little lad's face and his smile and. And hearing him sing his favourite song, it's, it's it's what it also it's all about, and that 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 makes the day for me. Um, and also, been in contact with his mum, and I, I think that wasn't his mum, I believe that was his aunt. Um, and mm. his mum and him are coming on the West Ham game on the twenty eighth, so he will also hopefully be involved. And oh, uh, you've been in, didn't tell us you've been in touch. Yeah, oh, that's so brilliant. They'll they'll be there on the twenty eighth, so um, it will be it'll be good to see them there again. Um, what I would say, and I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I I love everything that happened. I'm not so sure on the video because what I feel like is things like that should just be natural and should happen, and and there's no need for people to video it and and send things around. And it's great that you know someone obviously captured it and, and posted it, but um, let's just get the lad in, included, like like everybody else. It's exactly what it should be, and there's there's no need for, for video. We don't we don't. Wait, need to wait, Dan, wait, wait. I'm sorry, mate, but let me put it in, in praise of you. Let me put it in perspective for you, mate. Don't, don't, do not knock yourself or anybody, because the fact of the matter is, you boys singing there are always videoed every game. Yeah, that lad wasn't videoed because that lad was there. That the people video anyway, and the lad happened to be there, and a wonderful moment was captured. You know, and so don't knock yourself down. Yeah, you've, you've, probably, you've probably got a good point. But, yeah, I just feel like, you know, for, been, for, been, for the right reasons, which is, which is the reason Ferg went over in the first place. And and that, that's what makes it lovely. And that, that's what's important. Yeah, and, and there's been loads of kids, that the, 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 the young lad with the slick back hair, you know, he's, he's there every week. And over uh, and, and as, as all the lads come in, we all shake hands and say hello through through the songs. I would saw him in, in, in the crowd and I went over to him and I... I, I I, I said, oh, mate, shook his hand. And he took a look to me, gone, what? I said, you're here every week, aren't you? He said, yeah, I am. I said, good, <laughs> keep it up. I shook his hand and we went back in again. But he was in singing before and I've seen them all on video. So it, it yeah. I, I know what you're trying to say, that it shouldn't be some sort yeah, of... You put it in a better way, Trev. I probably didn't think of it that way. And and yeah, yeah. like I only said, I don't mind people videoing me. I couldn't care less, really. But yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, let's 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 talk about the game though. So the game we had a lineup uh, of Raya, Tomiyasu, um, Saliba, Gilberto, Zinchenko, Rice, Trossard, Odegaard, Martinelli, uh, Saka, and Jesus. Um, no real changes from from in the week. So I think it's the same lineup, isn't it? Trossard for Havertz. That was Trossard, the only Trossard for Havertz. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus, you're making um, these things, man. 
so <laughs> yeah, I am. I've, I've lost my place on on on, on this year. So it, uh, Alex mentioned earlier about us getting early goals, and in the Premier League, we have had no early goals. Uh, for the first 15 minutes of the game uh, for all 14 games so far this until uh, this game. Well, we had two uh, in 13 minutes. The first goal came from um, Saka, a beautiful assist um, uh, from Tommy Asu, and it was Saka's 100th goal. I'm going to uh, mute the sound. And Alex, do you want to talk us through this? There was also a VAR on this goal, and I just don't understand where the VAR came from. Um, but uh, let's, let's play. Go on. Yeah, so um, it's what we've seen many times, um, him combining with Odegaard and this time Jesus and Tomiyasu uh, on the right-hand side and he gets through on goal and finishes um, at close range. Um, it's kind of... Uh, either he goes on the outside and, and has a curling shot or he goes on the inside, uh, which he did this time. That's, that's the most two soccer goals we, we normally see. Uh, but yeah, I mean... What a player he is for us, and he's still so young, um, and he's just gradually getting better and better. And he was manned up by two two Wolves players all game, um, which he's been in all other games as well. But he just seems to find a way every single time uh, to contribute to to the team. So um, fantastic by by Saka. I don't know what the VAR check was on. I, th I think it might have just been checking for offside, which there wasn't. So not sure about that one. Yeah. Dan, the link-up play, as was said in the comments, there was was really, 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 really excellent. Was that, it was like the second goal, which we look at in a minute, um, uh, was a, a typical Arsenal goal. But that that goal was really, really good. And being Saka's one hundredth goal, he's going to play his two hundredth game if he plays uh, on, on Tuesday night, which I would expect, unless he's injured, he will play. Um, it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, that that's key, and that's where we improve as a team. You know, we people forget that there's still a a young team, a team that hasn't played that many games together. They have played a few, but you know our best starting three up top don't play that many together. Havertz is new in that team too, so when they start to really understand each other and know who makes what run and where to, you know how they like to receive the ball, and and that will start to become second nature. You'll see our team get even better. So um, hopefully that's the start of that. Mm, yeah. Trevor, goal number two, I alluded to already, um, which uh, was a beautiful goal. Again, I'm going to turn the sound off on that one. And just a typical Arsenal goal. Um, Zinchenko made uh, a huge amount of um, effect on this on this goal. Um, a fantastic one-two between Jesus and Zinchenko. It was the catalyst for the goal where he cut back uh, perfectly to Odegaard, uh, who uh, scored from 14 yards out. Now, I know we're going to talk about Zinchenko in a little bit more detail as the, as the, the, we go along, but he, Odegaard, having Jesus back on the pitch, and it seems to free up Odegaard more, doesn't it, Trevor? Do you know what, Fergus? That goal was, was, was a goal of some considerable class, and, and, and it made me smile for days afterwards. It was, I was so happy to see that movement. I was happy that Zinchenko was involved because I don't think he's playing at his best at the moment, but that's another topic. But I think that you look at Odegaard's goals, right? I think it's maybe, in my head anyway, so it's a big reason why Smith-Rowe doesn't get much game time because Smith-Rowe was doing very similar things before Odegaard came. He had the knack of finding the yard on the edge of the box and scoring goals like that. But Odegaard's got it off to a tee. He, he, he makes the space and he waits for that ball to come back. And I'm sure that's been practiced and practiced and practiced. But it was a goal of it was a goal of some considerable class. 
possibly the best goal I've seen this season from a team perspective. Um, and I had to smile when I watched match of the day in the evening. Um, Danny, what's his name? Danny Murphy just couldn't yeah. bring himself to praise the Arsenal. He found every fault with with Wolves defenders for the reason that goal was scored. But the fact of the matter is not many teams on this planet could, can defend against movement and passing like that and finishing like that. It was a, it was a wonderful goal and uh, a great credit that we... <laughs> That we scored, we scored two early goals, didn't we? As um, as Alex mentioned, and uh, seemed to have a strange effect on us, didn't it? It did. Well, we did have we did have more chances. Trossard came close. There was um, Saka and Martinelli teamed up, uh, and uh, Trossard came close. Uh, Sa, I think, is the the name of the keeper. The keeper. Uh, I didn't cock that one up. It's only two letters. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, I know, Dan. I know, I could have. Um, but he got injured in that, and I was asking why uh, so so much added time at the end. I didn't realise he was down for so long. It was seven minutes added on? But uh, it was a great save um, and a great attempt by Trossard. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the first point of that is we should have been absolutely out of sight in that game. I know you said about it after the second goal. Yeah. Maybe wasn't as good, but we, we we should have we've hit the post twice as well in that game, and we should have absolutely been out of sight. But um, their their keeper's one of their best assets at Wolves, to be honest. And um, I actually thought they were going to miss him when he went off, and uh, when Bentley came on, I thought he's a he's a chance to get a few more goals. But um, he actually had a good performance, in all fairness to him, when he came on. Mm. Uh, we made subs for in the second half, but there was a, a penalty claim as well. Um, Alex uh, for Jesus and I've seen the replay on, on the aforementioned match today and they didn't even really talk about it but there was a, a slight tug on Jesus's hand arm um, I've seen them given to uh, Harry Kane when he was wearing white over here and playing an N17 so you know do you think there was any shout for a penalty in that one? Nah not really um, I think it's one of those where I would have been quite annoyed if if Wolves got given a penalty for that uh, the opposite way. So um, I don't think it should have been a penalty. Um, there, there wasn't enough. Uh, he, he let go pretty quickly. So I don't, for me, there wasn't enough to for it to give the biggest chance of a game that a penalty is. Mm. Um, and there was a penalty shout later on, uh, Trevor, which didn't even get featured on... on it didn't even go to VAR. Um, and it didn't even feature a match of the day, but it was almost like WWF slam dunk on, I don't know what player it was, but a Wolves <laughs> player like flattened the Arsenal player in the box. I can't remember it, mate, to be honest. So it was that irrelevant to me. I thought that a referee had, an, had a decent game, in all fairness. I don't think he did a lot wrong. Um, I'm quick enough to call him out. So I've got to say that I think he got most things right at the weekend. What he didn't get right, you could put down to human error, which is always acceptable to me, human error. You know, you don't want to see it, but if it, it happens to all of us. So, you know, I was um, I was very happy with the performance as a whole. I was, I was, I was a bit gutted that we didn't keep a clean sheet again because we should have done. We were good enough, and as Dan rightly said, we should have been, we should have been four or even five clear before they scored their goal. And it made for a dodgy last five minutes that we didn't need to go through. But we came through it and, and we move on. We're top of the league, three, two or three points clear. 
and we should all be very happy you know we should all be very very happy with the way it's going at the moment because the biggest point that would that was made on this podcast tonight can't remember whether it was alex or dan that said it but they were exactly right is that in my view as well we haven't hit top gear this season yet we have not played to our best yet this season and we're top of the league oh it was fergus was it sorry folk no we're, don't give him credit it wasn't so <laughs> we're, we're top of the league you know and, and and we know we can play better and it's frightening how good we could get get christmas out of the way stay stay up there or thereabouts and and move on from christmas and get better as we can get better there's no reason why we can't do big things this season i'm i'm, I'm i don't sound it tonight i know but I'm very excited about what's going to happen back end of this but season. You know, you know what it is, Trev. You're not sounding excited, but you look at also the way the players are acting on the pitch. People saying the atmosphere is different. There's a different feel about the team. It's probably not much as much of the 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 roller coaster circus that it was last season. And people they were enjoying it. And people are going, "Oh wow, look how good we're doing! How good!" They now have got a taste, and they got disappointed that they didn't win the league in the end. They lost it in that last five or ten games. And I think there's a, a far more focus and seriousness. And, and we genuinely do think, you know, if if we just keep our, our heads about ourselves, you need some luck, as I said before. Uh, we can go all the way in both major competitions. I like, well, Arteta is definitely saying that, isn't he? Arteta is absolutely putting his best team out in the Champions League and, and the Premier League, which makes me think that we're going to see a few changes when the FA Cup comes round. But, yeah, there, there's absolutely no reason. We, and we shouldn't be disappointed. And, and I honestly think that the, if there is a change in the crowd, I still think that the crowd is good most of the time, right? Sometimes it drops a little more than you think. And that's midweek games are always have always been different games. Unless mm. it's a big midweek game, like a semi-final or a, or a top-of-the-table clash midweek, you always get a slightly different crowd because people like myself who live 180 miles away think, ah, oh, it's going to be a bugger to get home from that. I'll give that one a miss, you know? So there's always going to be a different crowd for midweek games. So I wouldn't let that worry you boys too much. It's been the same ever since I can remember. Yeah, the big games come along. The team will get the support. I honestly think that the... And I don't want to mention it anymore, but I'm going to say it now. I think that the Ramsdale Raya thing has had an impact on the club as a whole. I genuinely do think it's that big. But I think as fans, we've got to support what Arteta does, whether we like it or whether we don't. We support Arsenal Football Club, not any individual. And I think that come if we move into move up after Christmas and we're still up there or thereabouts, you'll see the crowds lift again at, at the Emirates. You, you really will. Yeah, mm. I think like on that on that topic, I think there's there's two things for me. One is momentum, and one is timing. And last year we gained momentum very early because it was a shock to be up that yeah. high for that long. I think to a lot of the fan base, um, it started off as a bit more of a joke um, that oh we're top of the league and we're going to win the league, and then it started to gain momentum that actually hang on a minute, this might happen, and then it just happened so early. Whereas I think now a lot more people are a bit level headed. I think. Some people are a bit more reluctant to be getting ahead of themselves. But when when we start to gain momentum, I, I think, and people get behind at the right time in the running, I, I genuinely think we can we can take it to another level. And, uh, yeah, I think we're not just the Premier League, but absolutely be pushing for the Champions League too. Absolutely. Yeah, I, think 
I think I've dug food. No, I know. Mick, 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 I was just going to say, just following on from what Dan says, I think getting overexcited and ahead of ourselves, I think I've booked Budapest up in, um, in December or January last year. <laughs> so, but Irish Mick is right uh, in, in there. What he says is defensively, we are so, so much better. And uh, as you said earlier, Dan, the defence is sorted. You know, it's the forward line and the tinkering around. It really, really a good point. Really, really good. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I said that last week that if we keep our defensive record as it is, we will win the league. And I will happily put that out there that if we continue conceding goals at the same rate we are, we'll win it because that rate is is a rate that that I don't think many teams would have not won the league in recent history. So add that to the fact that our attack's only going to get better. Then yeah, yeah. yeah. it's. Ferg, you can go back 100 episodes, you can go back 200 episodes of this podcast, and I've always said that a good team is built on its defence, and most importantly, a great central defensive partnership. I've always said it, and we've lacked it for so long, and, and this year we've got, in my view, the two best centre-halves in a country. Now, that's a bias for you. My view is a bias for you, I know that. But people keep saying Saliba. I'll keep saying Gabriel because that boy Gabriel is the same league as Saliba. They do things differently. Saliba may look a little bit more classy because he finds time on the ball and, and he can move the ball away nicely with his feet. But some of the tackles Gabriel puts in and some of the passion and commitment he shows to make a tackle are second to none. And, and if them two stay fit for me, we're always going to have a shout. We're always going to have a shout. Mm. And um, go, going back quickly, going back to the the point I made earlier about scoring goals early. Um, we're undefeated in the last forty four games that we've scored first in the, in a game. So that's going to be important going forward as well um, to keep scoring first and starting off games well, because uh, that opens up the game for us. Because teams are going to sit back on us um, for the rest of the season, which they didn't really do as much last season, but I think it's, it's going to be the case for this season. So we really need to start off the games well and, and get that first goal. But defensively, I, 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 uh, one of the guys in the WhatsApp group gave me some of these stats and I said I would use some of them. So uh, in uh, season 22-23 of the first 20 games, our league position was first, goal scored 40, goals conceded 17. And if you compare that to this one, uh, after 20 games, position uh, first, goal scored 45 and goals conceded uh, 17. Um, and eat similar sort of t t sub teams that we played, big teams and small teams. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I was a bit surprised that we conceded the same number of goals over all competitions uh, and that we had scored um, so many, considering that everyone's saying that we don't seem to be as fluid as as we have been last season. Um, I suppose before we uh, finish up on the Wolves game, uh, Zinchenko uh, was a topic for discussion. And, and there were some people coming in hard on him. And I, and I saw what you had said, Alec, uh, Dan, about Zinchenko. But Zinchenko had made two or three errors. Uh, and on the third occasion, um, he made the error, which led to what was a great goal uh, by Wolves, by Cunha from Wolves, um, which uh, Raya didn't have a chance. Uh, Dan, you talk about Zinchenko in this. Uh, I'll play the I'll play the goal as it goes along. No sound. Yeah, I'm I'm not having this chat to be honest with you. I I think the last three four weeks Zinchenko's massively stepped up. I think he's been very very good. I think he's better defensively than people give him credit for. 
Um, it's only last week he made that fantastic block at Brentford. He was also fantastic going forward in what he gave us for that second goal. And I think a lapse in concentration has been clinically punished. And we know he can be caught out at times, but he's no different to anyone else, right? Because he plays a role where he has to be on the ball attacking out of defensive position. And anyone that plays that role gets caught out. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I know everyone says he's not the best defensively, but we saw that on the weekend. You know, I think that, was it match of the day, highlighted some of the spaces in behind from when he comes inside. I think that's just natural for a player that comes in and becomes inverted, that he's going to be susceptible to that. And yeah. unless you're going to play a defensive player that's not going to make those attacking runs as much, you're going to get that. So it, it's part of the team to be covering him when he gets exposed. So a lot of the... A lot of the view of, Z of Zinchenko is because he has space down his side. It's a little bit different against Wolves in that, yes, he did did it a little bit and he made a mistake, but, you know, he got punished with a good strike. But I think he gives us so much more um, when he plays, his passion, his quality on the ball, but also defensively, I think he's not as bad as people think. Arteta was asked at his press conference about Zinchenko's error on Saturday. He said he had no problem with him playing on Tuesday. He said he created so many chances as well. He provided for a, he provided a goal, you know. That's part of football. We all make mistakes, and it's not only about that. Um, it's how you react to those mistakes. And Trevor, uh, you know, he he went off the ball a little bit towards the end of last season and the beginning of this season. He went out for a few games. He's come back, and as Dan said, he's been he's been instrumental in in some games recently. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I think he's got a mistake in him, Zinchenko. I genuinely do. And I think that um, Tommy Ash has been playing well enough to challenge for that spot. I really do think that. Mm. Tommy Asu seemed to... Um, Tommy Asu, if you watch Tommy Asu closely at the weekend, he seemed to play inverted, more inverted in the right-back role than he has I've ever seen him do. He seemed to be doing the, the Zinchenko role on the right-hand side. Whether that's too much to have both fullbacks pushing in so close to the middle of the field i don't know but uh Zinchenko's obviously a quality player he's obviously a big lift to the team his personality you can't fault but he's made some mistakes you know and it cost us a goal on saturday and you've got to say that you can't you can't say he's been brilliant without highlighting that he's made some errors so hopefully he'll learn from them errors and we'll and we won't see him again but uh oh fergus has gone look Hey. Maybe someone's cut Fergus's internet off. That'll be really finally, cool. finally. We've got our own podcast. Right. It's, Should we change yeah. the subject and completely go off the boil? Yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk. Oh, he's back. We can't oh he's gone wrong side. Look, there we go. That's better. Yeah. No, I've got no problem with Zinchenko, but I'm not gonna not say that he's made some mistakes. Lapses of concentration because he has. Because he has, you know. I'm not yeah. saying that he should don't deserve to play. But I'm not going to say he's been 100% brilliant because he has made mistakes. And I do think that Tommy Asu is pressing for a place on either side of the defence. At the moment, it seems to be White's missed a couple of games to play Tommy Asu. But it could quite easily have been Zinchenko missed a couple of games to play Tommy Asu. It's a great predicament to have as a football club. You know? and, and we have Tim Brown as well. He's going to come I'll in just, at some point. But exactly, Alex. So this was the point I was making early, mate. earlier, mate. We can handle, we've been so strong in defence this year, we could handle missing Timber. We want Timber. We could handle missing Tommy Asu. We want Tommy Asu. But if we lose Tommy Asu for a period of time and Timber's not fit, 
then you start thinking, what happens if White or Zinchenko get injured? Where do we look then, you know? So, yeah, I, you know, well, that just about says that's all I've got to say, really, you know. Mm. We're all right at the back. We are really all right. He just needs to cut cut out the sloppiness, doesn't he? Because, I mean, we can't afford to, I mean, lose points on stuff like that. I mean, we should have scored scored our chances and, and sort of put the game to bed earlier. But when you're tuning up in the 85th minute, you can't have, like, sloppiness in your own box costing us like that. And it was yeah. the third time he did it in the game. So, But I yeah. agree with Dan, like, he has been better defensively than he probably gets credit for in the last couple of games. So he just needs to cut out that sloppiness because he's he's been so good offensively as well. And that goal uh, where he set up Odegaard was beautiful. It was Leanne indeed. makes a great point there, Fug. Leanne makes a great point there. He was, yeah, that, he was frustrated. He was frustrated with himself at full time. And he went, he clearly went and apologised to Raya. Yeah. And that gives you more confidence in Zinchenko. Because he's not walked off the field sulking and thought, oh, God. He's gone and apologised to Raya. He's, he's, a, he's known he's made a mistake. And when you do that, you learn from them mistakes, right? So I can only see him being stronger for that. Yeah, indeed. Listen, we're going to choose. We finished two one on that. We're going to choose tonight. Uh, a very busy leading up into the Christmas period in December. We've had Wolves at home. We've got Luton away. Then we go to Villa away, uh, PSV away, and then we got Brighton at home in a couple of weeks' time, uh, and then uh, Liverpool away. And after Christmas, uh, it's. Uh, West Ham at home and Fulham away. A lot of away games there um, for us. Uh, how do you see us uh, faring? Let's talk about Luton briefly, first of all. Luton, you mentioned about the uh, the way the team reacted to the crowd at Lons, um, Trevor. A lot of these players, well, none of the, the starting players, none of the, the, the players who played against Wolves uh, were alive or even born when um, when we last played Luton in August 1991, um, sorry, 1991, not August, in, in 1991, they won't have been in a stadium like that since like all these elite players since uh, an empty stadium playing for a youth team, maybe. So when they get Kenilworth Road with everybody sitting right on them, small ground, but very intimidating. That's going to be really, really difficult to play at. You, you've been to Kenilworth Road, Trevor. Give us an insight of what these guys, if they struggled at lens, what they're going to be like there. Fuck, I'm I'm really sorry, mate. But do you know what? In all seriousness, I've got no problem with it. They, the, the boys won't struggle at Luton. Luton's not Lons. Luton's not Lons. The boys, that, that team are good enough to go to Luton. And I'll, if we don't get a result, I'll be extremely shocked. It is a small ground. The, 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 the crowd are very vociferous. It's the strangest of places. But no, I, I'm not having that as an I wouldn't have that as an excuse, Ferg, mate, for us to not perform. I, I, I expect no, no. I'm expecting a performance. I'm ex expecting a result. I'm expecting an emphatic result, a three 0 or something like that for for Arsenal, uh, maybe even stronger. Uh, but I'm just saying that, that is going to be a very unusual atmosphere and quite an intimidating atmosphere for them to to go uh, go to. As James said, you know, Luton dropped uh, Liverpool dropped points at Luton, and they were lucky, lucky, very lucky to get away with a draw. Yeah. I I, st I still, I still can't have it, mate. It'll be over ten percent of that crowd in that ground will be Arsenal fans, and they'll be loud, and they will let the Arsenal players know that they're there. Um, honestly, I honestly, mate, 
have no concerns about that ground. I, I, I don't mind Luton being in the Premier League, actually. I wish they had a bigger ground, but there, there'll be no problem. I'm sure that we'll go out there. I don't care if, if Liverpool lost points there. Um, we're not Liverpool, we're the Arsenal, and I think that um, we'll be fine. Honestly, do. And we've seen uh, Capos put a request up on Twitter to try and get to Kenilworth Road before they get their new stadium. I think it's next year. Dan, any any luck yet? Any any special secret messages? I don't want to talk about Luton because I'm not going at the minute. So <laughs> I'm not in a good mood. But I'm going to have to watch it at home on the telly and it's going to be weird and everyone's going to be singing and I'm going to be singing on my own and probably my neighbour's going to hate I me. But you know, so I do the same. I, I, I sit here watching it, and I'll happily take my. I sit here. I watched. I watched the uh, the Bournemouth game, and I, and what was the one? I think it was Palace where uh, Havertz scored, and I, I, I I'm sitting here going sixty million there, no <laughs> Yeah, you can't, you can't help it. You can't, can't help, help it. it. Can't help it, especially when you're normally involved with it. It's, it's absolutely awful. Um, expectations then, uh, Dan, for um, uh, against Luton. Well, expectations are that we're a much better side and we should be dispatching a team like that 4 or 5 nil. But the reality of football is it doesn't always work out that way. We go into a club with a small ground where everyone will be behind the team and I think it will be a difficult game where they'll sit back and, and soak things up. And I mean, surprisingly, I don't know how accurate this is. I think I'm looking at the stats and I think in the last 10 times we've been to, Kennel, um, to, to Luton, we've not, we've not won. Is that right? For the away games, we won at home at Highbury, but we've not won there. I know it's a very, very different um, team now, but um, it just shows as well that that it's tough to go to those sort of grounds, especially when they've started to pick up a bit of momentum. So um, I'm going to still go 4-0 and back the boys, but it might not be easy. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I agree. We are a much better team. Uh, Luton, they've won two two games this season. Um, if if we're gonna make a run for the league title, we we have to win games like this. Um, and again, I want to stress my point. I think getting an, an early goal is going to be key to this game as well, because um, they are going to sit back and uh, get the crowd going. And the further it drags on, it's going to be more and more difficult for us. But I think we will get an early goal, and I think um, I think we will prove that we are far better than they are uh, players-wise um, and hopefully Havertz will bag another early goal like he's done in the last two games he's played in. Mm. And Trevor, um, this... was that for 22 <laughs> years old and 91 days he's the second youngest englishman to reach that milestone of 200 games for arsenal after cliff baston who was 22 years and 16 days and he's the youngest overall player since Seth fabregas in 2008 who was 21 and 118 days just i've just <laughs> we are that, that will be his 200th game someone please clip that i just that moment what was that for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Please get that, someone. I just, I, I just, I was just wondering. Do you remember Cliff Baston playing? 
No, I don't remember Cliff Baston playing. It was a little bit behind my time. I wish I had seen him play because, you know, that team of that era was superb. But going back to the Luton game, I just, I'm going to put my neck on the line here and I may get this shoved back in my face, but the, the teams in the lower echelons of the Premier League this year, the bottom four, five, or even six, they they seem to be they don't they seem to be of quite a poor standard in comparison to what I've seen in recent years. I'm not seeing much good football come from from any of them, and and we really should be beating those teams and quite comfortably because we're so much better. I know that I'll get that shoved back in my face if we end up losing tomorrow night, but I don't really care to be honest. It's a fact that the bottom few teams in the Premier League are not of the greatest quality this year. And, if we're going to win the league, we don't have to only win in the Northwest. We have to put those teams to bed as well. Absolutely. So, you know, um, yeah, I can't see us losing. And uh, I'll wait for the I'll wait for the bombardment on social media tomorrow if we do get beat. But I think I, we should win comfortably. I think Dal said just now 3-0 to the Arsenal. And I would like to, I would think it should be at least 3-0. Just going on the quality of the sides. <clears throat> Fuck, can I just quickly come back to yeah. Saka? Because um, after the game against Longs, um, they interviewed him. Um, and the same reporter that interviewed him uh, told Saka that she also interviewed him after his first game, um, which was in the Europa League. And she it brought was. up, yeah, and she brought up the, the what he said um, in that interview, which was um, she asked him how he felt when he found out that he was going to play in the game. Um, and he said um, that it, he was so excited and and, um, and that his, his parents had to put him to bed early that night because um, he was going to play. And sort of watching him in, in that interview uh, last Wednesday, he's, he's still got the same sort of young kid excitement about him. He said he he, he didn't want to get taken off by Ateta. He wanted to play the whole game. And he's still got that excitement about him when, when you watch him. And... Um, he's just so humble as well, and we're so lucky to have a, a player like that in our team. And I, I just hope he stays in our team forever because I love him. Mm. Yeah. Dan, Danny Murphy near, nearly said it on match of the day the other night, and he he got to work and he pulled himself up right. But I, I'm I'll say it without 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 a, a touch of bias, without without any connection to the Arsenal matter. And I'll I'll say it right now, Bukayo Saka is one of the best players in the world, right? He's one of the best players in the world, and it's scary because he's still going to improve. And as Alex has hit the nail on the head, not just his football skill, but his level-headedness and his his calmness. And it, I can't speak highly enough of the lad. Yeah, I know if I say it, you'll have a go at me, but I saw him make his debut in that Europa League game in Kiev, right? And the minute I saw him step on the field, I knew that we had a lad that was different gravy. I knew it. And, and some of the lads that I know that go and watch the youth team game, saw him long before I did and were singing his praises. We have a very special prayer in Bukayo Saka at the Arsenal um, and he's only getting better and we need to just keep him fit. As long as we've got a fit Bukayo Saka playing for the Arsenal, we, he's going, we're going to score goals because he makes goals and he scores goals, right? And we are going to do well. So for me, I can't sing his praises highly enough. I talk about him all night. I love the kid to bits, and uh, he, he just we've just got to keep the lad fit. Common sense prevails, and keep him on the pitch, and 
we'll be fine. Yeah, my fear is that we overplay him a little bit much, but he seems to be that sort of player that just wants to play and play and play. And sometimes, you know, you do just have to play people because it actually keeps them fitter. I just worry that people kick the seven bells out of him and somebody's going to give him a bad injury and knock him out for a little while. He's young, he can recover quite quickly at the minute and everything else. Listen, we've, as usual, tried to stay to an hour. We're doing fine. Yeah, I know. It's flown, hasn't it? Absolutely flown. Listen, if you like what we do, uh, this is where we are. Guns and Yellow Ribbons uh, on all socials. Guns and Ribbons on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'd love if you'd like, subscribe uh, to our socials. And also, if you went over to the YouTube channel and click um, subscribe and hit the bell. Um, I haven't got it up at the minute how many we've got, but we're still close to that. 956. Nine fifty six. So come on, we need forty four of you, uh, good people, to come off um, uh, Spotify or podcasts and just come over here and um, uh, um, and, and subscribe on there. Uh, we'll be at Villa and myself uh, and Trevor uh, still looking out for a ticket for Dan. Uh, now Dan has got a ticket yet. Has he not? Oh my lordy! Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I've not done very well this year um, so far. This <laughs> month, December's not my month. No Luton, no Villa, no Liverpool, no Fulham. So if anyone's listening, um, yeah. and sorry, while I was off having a wee Ferg, you said about getting more people subscribing. I think maybe if you didn't insult so many uh, Americans and overseas people, you might. Get some more <laughs> well, those 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 soccer fans aren't soccer fans. They're watching the NHL and the NBA if, um... and the NFL. And... <laughs> oh, if you're watching from the US, please could you follow me, Alex and Trev, even if you don't like Ferg. Yeah, I, yes, I have, everyone is entitled to go and watch a game of football, regardless of how they get their tickets. And what Dan says is exactly right. Take no notice of Fergus. Come and say hello to well, Dan. Not my my issue. My issue is more with the ticket exchange. It's, and he's so much nicer than Fergus. Hey, Ferg, Ferg, can you just keep keep going, mate? <laughs> just had this message here from Dale. Dale's going to his first European away. In, to wind over next week. Uh, he's flying out with me on Monday morning. We're uh, meeting a stance Sunday night for a couple of beers and flying out Monday morning. Really looking forward to it, Dale. It, 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 the, the game is done because we don't need to win it, but it, it's always a good trip going abroad with the Arsenal family. So we'll be at Stansted Monday morning flying out. And and remember, Eindhoven is uh, where this was made. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to get a, a part two <laughs> that's uh, right. probably the best memory I've ever got and um, we can't ever lose that video Trev I heard a rumour that, that you'd lost the video so we need to make sure we've got a copy of that just in case I've got a saved folder for Fergus and we're trying to build it up he's making new daily, new daily we need to build up. It, it's like it's like having Jeremy Beadle what that it? for <laughs> no I've got like I've got that video, don't you worry, Dan, and uh, I'll find somewhere with nice internet on Monday night, and obviously I'll be on my phone. But I'm looking what are you talking forward. foolishness for? <laughs> <laughs> Next week, and uh, yeah, you know, Leanne, Leanne, we can't talk about ballots, my dear, purely because we talk about it all night. I feel your pain. I feel your pain with this ballots. I think there's got to be a better way to do it, but I don't know what the answer is. So keep keep applying in the ballots. Keep supporting our great club. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Come on, we're going to go so deep in this Champions League, right? 
I want a trip to Wembley. I'm not booking nothing because the last two years I've booked crap, right? And we've ended up falling flat on our backsides. So don't I'm jinx it, Trev. No, we're not going to jinx it. We're booking nothing this year, Dan. I just said to my, I said to the missus the other night, I said uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, cup, the European Cup final is at uh, Wembley this year. And she said, what night is it? I said, I don't know. I said, it could be a Wednesday, I reckon. She said, but what, what are you going to do if you go on the, on that Wednesday night at Wembley and win it? I said, well, come home the following Wednesday, probably. You know, <laughs> it's, a Saturday, it's, a, it's a Saturday night. Is it a Saturday night? Well, I'll yeah, book a book. First of June. Yeah. Um, listen, I just uh, before we go, say thanks very much to all the new guys in the chat. I've seen some names that I haven't seen before. I've seen Paul Burr, Leanne. I don't think we've seen you before. I've seen George C. Um, uh, there's there's quite a few others. Uh, uh, Arnie, well, Arnie's a regular. Yeah, we all, we obviously Barry Byrne. There's quite a few others. So really, uh, really good to see you, you guys, and really always good to see uh, the regular faces on there. Um, thanks very much for what you. Uh, for, Look, they're, they're here every week, mate. You just don't notice them because you. No, because I'm doing I'm doing some other, uh, some other stuff. You know, I'm... he got all them names right then. Didn't make a cock up once. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know he's. The, it's because he, he's. Well, I'll say. There we go. Uh, not nice, nice montage off there. We've got it off, off TikTok this one. Um, any Trevor Timer? We done. We've really overran. We have overran. Just it's been a pleasure again tonight, Dan and Alex. For it's Fergus putting up with you doesn't get any easier. But you know I love you. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's um, hey. let's have a beer on Saturday. It's been a while since we've been to a game together, so. Going on Saturday and the following week, I'll be there at Brighton. Um, I've missed it. I've not been. I've missed a few games and I've missed it badly. But when you get old Bright like me, shit happens, you know. Brighton is um, peaky hats and uh, Christmas jumpers. You won't. You don't get this boy in a Christmas jumper. But I've got me hat ready. How's that, right? Get in. <laughs> right, you have been watching Guns and Ye uh, Guns and Yellow Rivers and Arsenal podcast. Uh, by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Um, thanks very much, everyone. Up the arse, fuck the <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.